Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. If you're the kind of person who can't get enough of fiction podcasts, then you might be interested to hear that we have just launched a brand new one, a podcast that focuses on the weirder side of fiction. Tales of what is a bizarro fiction podcast. It's the Twilight Zone meets Adult Swim, The Outer Limits directed by David Lynch, or Franz Kafka doing Creepshow. This podcast will not be for everyone, and that is okay, but if you're a through-and-through weirdo, then this podcast is most definitely for you. The first season of Tales of What is going live as we speak, so go search for it in your favourite podcast app now. That's Tales of What. Today's episode is The Itch, written by Mark Towles and narrated by Justin Fife. Joe sighs loudly and turns onto his back after kicking the freshly washed duvet from the bed. He studies his fingernails for blood and skin, but the only blood he finds is dry from where he bit the nails down yesterday. The fresh, cool new territory of the bottom sheet provides temporary relief for his back, but the unreachable prickling is soon making its presence known again. He digs his fingers into his chest to gouge at the latest and most intensive itch, but he can't fool the brain. They're like stumps, no sharpness at all. He convinces himself there are thousands of tiny bugs crawling over his skin, and he can't bear it anymore. So he starts roughly scratching at his back again, 
It's worse than yesterday, much worse. Images of them laying eggs and defecating on his skin fill his head, and he's sure they must be breeding. For the second night in a row, he's still awake past midnight, and he's on the verge of tears. His head begins to itch. That has never happened before. They're spreading fast. The fingers of his right hand provide momentary relief on his scalp, but he feels as though he's chasing the bugs around, and they're constantly moving just out of reach. His back is getting worse, and the fingers of his left hand are doing nothing to stem the itch that seems to be burrowing further into his flesh. At work yesterday, he wanted to say something, but how do you begin to talk about a skin infection with work colleagues? Besides, it was year-end, people had called in sick, and everyone else looked stressed and too exhausted to care. Later that evening, he had phoned his parents. His dad suggested it might be dermatitis, but right now, it seems much more serious than a simple skin allergy. The soonest a doctor could see him was next week, who were apparently short-staffed and incredibly busy. He feels as though his skin is alive, a hypersensitive composition of raw nerve endings that are randomly making their presence known. The back of his neck is next, and he moves his right hand to chase that one down, but it quickly moves just out of reach again. He moves his left hand from his back and across his right thigh as a new patch of skin cries for attention. There is yet another outbreak near his ankle, and the latest and worst of all on the bottom of his foot. He begins hitting it with a closed fist, but it does nothing. There are new patches of torment everywhere, and Joe begins to punch himself on the back of his neck, scalp, spine, and legs. He assumes the bed is teeming with the microscopic bugs, so he jumps out and in a frenzied state starts brushing himself down. There's some relief to escape the sheets that must be by now, a writhing landscape of infestation, but he can still feel them on him, and worse, in him. His boxers and t-shirt he throws into the bin next to his bed. The remote control on the floor catches his eye, and he quickly grabs it, shakes it, and then switches on the TV. The noise provides a brief slice of normality to the proceedings, but doesn't detract from the escalating intensity of his itchy skin that is demanding his complete attention. Words fill the room, but most of them cannot be heard above the thoughts in his head that are screaming at him to scratch some more. He hears something about a third day as he slides open the window and enjoys the hit of the cool breeze as it caresses his body. But the relief is temporary as he starts to claw at his skin once again. The sounds of sirens can be heard from all directions, and from his 10-story room, he notices the blur of lights against the backdrop of darkness. He can hear the whir and chopping noise of helicopters, and above the sirens, he thinks he can hear people screaming. Was that gunfire? For just past the midnight hour, the night was abnormally explosive. Every square inch of his body sings out in a chorus of irritation. He rushes towards the bathroom and catches the words, Emergency Broadcast, as they scroll across the bottom of the TV screen but he takes no heed and quickly steps into the shower and turns the tap. The immediate hit of cold water catches him off guard, but he welcomes the brief override of the maddening itch. He scrubs at his skin relentlessly with a sponge, but he can't get deep enough. The itch manifests in his eyes next, and he digs the balls of his hands firmly into his sockets. They squelch like marshy ground as he rubs frantically. He fumbles at the shower door and steps out of the water washing himself in the bathroom mirror as he rakes his chest and back. His skin is red and flared, and his eyes bloodshot and puffy, underlined by huge dark circles. 
In frustration, he screams and punches the mirror. It fractures, sending shards to the floor. The sensation is unbearable now and getting worse. He picks up a piece of glass and there's an immediate relief as he runs the sharpness across his chest and back. But it's not enough. He can feel the inward retreat of the alien bodies inside him. There's a scream for help down the hallway, but Joe has other things on his mind, and he pushes the sharp edge of the glass into his chest. The skin concedes, and a small lake of fresh crimson forms. He follows the itch around with the blade and buries it deeper. His reflection makes him feel sick, so he turns to his bedroom, working now on his wrist. They are definitely in there. He can feel them. As the blade digs in further, there's an explosion of pain. His overloaded nerves cause him to let out a piercing scream. His body seems to vibrate with agony, and it's seconds before it stabilizes to a dull but painful throb. They move again, and he stabs himself in the leg multiple times, then in the center of his left hand. The TV is droning on about a terrorist attack and something again about the third day, but he needs to get out of the apartment into the cold night air. His skin is on fire. He swings open the door and catches sight of a naked lady slumped against the far wall. Multiple gashes and fresh, glistening blood decorate her body. One of her eyes is leaking, and some implement remains buried in its corner. There's a smeared line of blood across the elevator button. He presses it multiple times with his good hand, leaving his own bloody trace. A scream emerges from one of the rooms behind him, followed by a loud crashing noise against the door. He hears footsteps and another thunderous smash, as though someone is throwing themselves against it, or someone else. Finally, the lift arrives, and the doors open to reveal two more motionless and naked bodies. One half of a pen emerges from one of their necks. As he steps in, the glass in the elevator reveals the full extent of the damage he has done to his body. Still, the intrusion marches on, and it feels now as though something is gently gnawing at his spine. The elevator door opens to a cacophony of screams and gunfire. There are naked and half-naked bodies everywhere, strewn across the floor, each of them torn, bloody, and lifeless. Near the reception desk, he sees two men mercilessly beating each other, but they are pleading to be hit. Their naked bodies are covered in red patches, and their faces swollen and bloody. Joe makes a run for it. He has no plan as he brings the glass to his right thigh, but feels that if he can make it outside, there may be a chance of salvation. He sprints to the foyer door, thrusts it open, and gives himself to the coldness of the night and hope it will somehow cleanse him. As he stands there naked with a shard of glass still sunk into his thigh, there is a scream from an approaching soldier wearing a sinister-looking mask. Get down on the floor! But Joe doesn't get down on the floor. Instead, he breaks down in tears and screams at the top of his lungs for the soldier to shoot him. More gunfire punctures the air, and he closes his eyes, but the impact doesn't come. The soldier with the gun is still aiming at his head. The soldier looks down the scope. The order was to shoot on sight. He wasn't trained to shoot innocent civilians. They should be going after the terrorists, not cleaning up their mess. Their brief was so limited, just that people were going insane killing themselves and each other. The scientists have no breakthrough yet. The bleeding man before him is begging to be shot, but he can't bring himself to pull the trigger. 
He wonders what his father would do, or what his family would say if they knew he was aiming his weapon at the unarmed man. He immediately releases his right hand from the gun to attend an itch and slakes his fingers across the back of his neck. As he does, he watches the man retrieve the glass from his leg and plunge it into his eye. He doesn't stop there and continues to stab himself multiple times on all parts of his body. The screams are unbearable. The soldier places his hand back, steadies the gun, and fires off a shot that has a direct hit between his eyes. He watches as the man falls to the ground, still clutching the glass. There is an immediate and intense itch on the soldier's cheek, but he can't get to it because of the gas mask. The night continues around him, but his part in it is over, as he sits down in the middle of the road amid the chaos and begins to cry. The itch is driving him crazy now, but he still dares not remove his mask in case of infection. He couldn't bear to go like the man he had just shot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Itch was written by Mark Taus, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes and music by We Allenough and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by zapsplat.com. The illustration for today's episode was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House Design. If you enjoyed this episode, then you might be interested to go and check out more of Mark Towser's work. He has appeared twice on the No Sleep podcast, once on the Grey Rooms podcast, and is also set to appear on Centropic Oracle. His first collection, Face the Music, has just been released by All Things That Matter Press and is available via Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all good bookstores. If you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and it's brought to you with Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. So don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.